I wanted to review about our Vision Sunday. We had this, that this past week. Maybe some of you weren't here. And there are seven areas of focus for 2016 for the bridge. But we not only want this to be for the bridge, we also want it to be for your personal life and for your family as well. To pray strategically, number one, to serve him, not them. When you serve God, you have a, a kingdom mindset, and, uh, and it just takes you to another level. Uh, number three, and to be outward focused. You know, it's not all about the bridge. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about his kingdom. It's about other churches in this area. It's about reaching the lost in our area. Uh, number four, increased spirit of generosity, not only with your finances, but every single thing in your life, that we would expect miracles, expect miracles, that miracles would be the norm at the bridge, that miracles would be the norm in our lives, in our families. Number six, that we would own it, that we would own it like never before. And let me tell you what, I put out the challenge. If you're here on Sunday, I did not hold back, all right? And, um, and, and there, we had, we had test drive, and test drive is an opportunity where you can go, and uh, you can just take a test drive with no commitment, and we give you a shirt. You observe a ministry. If you like it, we get you plugged in. If not, we find another area. And uh, I threw it down last Sunday, and 20 people after service stepped up and said, we're going to get plugged in. 20 people in one Sunday. And uh, many of you know that um, we are expanding our kids' ministry here, so we're going from a 7,000-square-foot campus to a 10,000-square-foot campus in the next few months. Uh, and we're really excited about that. But I was shared about what shame it would be to go into a new facility that God has given us but not have the volunteers to, to man that. And, uh, and so we, needed, we need 20 uh, volunteers in our Bridge Kids ministry. And out of those 20 people that served, 10 of, all, 10 of them were specifically for Bridge Kids last week. So we're halfway there. We're halfway there in one week. In one week. And we need, and all the Bridge Kids volunteers in here are like, thank you, Lord. We're halfway there. We need 10 more volunteers to get us to where we need to be to make that happen. And God did a miracle in that expansion. I can't quite share it yet uh, because we haven't officially signed the lease and the blueprints haven't been officially signed off. But when they, once they are, I'll be sure uh, to share that with you. I wanted to also share one more thing that we are doing this year. Um, it's called One for Change. And what this is going to be is the first week of every month is when you exit... We're going to take up a special offering, just, you know, if you have a dollar, whatever spare change you have, you know, if, if you're, um, you know, a teenager, you know, I know you don't have any money. If you've got a quarter, you know, throw it in there. And uh, what we're going to do with that money is we're going to specifically use it for something or someone outside of the bridge. So it could go to um, a school. It could go to an organization. It could go to a family, uh, whatever it is. And then what we're going to do is at the end of the month, we're going to share what we did with the money. And uh, so last week, um, 
we didn't have service last week, last Thursday, but so we did this on Sunday. Last week, we, uh, we collected uh, almost uh, $700. <laughs> Why just, so, man, you guys got, like, I never had that kind of spare change before, but uh, over $700 last week. And so if you want to be a part of that, just when you leave, uh, the ushers will be there, drop whatever you have. And uh, we got some really cool stuff planned um, that you guys are going to really uh, be blessed to, to be a part of that. So um, let me ask a question. How is your prayer life? How is your prayer life? And how your prayer life is dictates your intimacy with your father. They go, they go hand in hand. How intimate you are uh, goes back to how your prayer life is with God. You know, prayer is a conversation with God. Prayer is a conversation with God. Um, do, do you go to a restaurant sometimes, and do you see, like, a couple sitting down at the table that doesn't talk to each other at all? Um, I, I, I ate at a restaurant uh, recently, and literally, I saw this couple sit down. I was sitting down before them. I saw this couple sit down. They did not say one word to each other. I mean, and, and um, I believe they were a married couple, and they were a little bit older. They did not say one word to each other the whole time. And I was like, man, dude, I... I mean, that's not going to be me, you know. But it's, but it's, it's, it was just, it's re- it was really, it was really sad. I was really sad about that. Um, you know, but you think about probably how, how is it in their home? It's probably not that much different in their home. You know, they got the TV on, you know, they're on their phones, um, whatever it is. And, you know, prayer is a conversation. So when, when we are, you know, having a conversation with God throughout the week, it makes this time just even more sweeter. You know, like if, if this is your only time that you're talking with God, you know, you are, you, you are, you are malnourished. You are a malnourished believer. And do, another question I have is do people come to you with their prayer requests? Do people know that you are a prayer warrior? And so you get texts throughout the week. You get emails. You get phone calls. Because people know when you say you're going to pray for someone, like you pray for someone. All right? And, um, you know, as a pastor, I, of course, get that all the time. Um, and, and what I do is when I get that, I pray for that person on the spot, man. Because how many times have we been guilty of like, hey, man, I'll pray for you. And then you know, your day happens or whatever. So pray for them on the spot. Luke 22 records a prayer that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane just before he was arrested, tried, and crucified. And I'm confident he prayed more than one sentence that's recorded here, but this one sentence is undoubtedly the centerpiece of his entire prayer life. His prayer is simple, it's straightforward, it's clear, it's unmistakable. But at the same time, all that is contained in this short passage leaves us with deep mysteries 
that we will never fully understand. So let's read Luke 22, 39 through 46. It says, And he came out and proceeded, as was his custom, to the Mount Mount of Olives, and the disciples also followed him. When he arrived at the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and began to pray. You know, kneeling down, a, a humbleness, a dependence on his father. I mean, when is the last time we, like, literally got down on our knees to pray? And he began to pray, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. You know, I, as I was reading that passage, I'm like, man, I, I, I've, I've always like, looked over that before. An angel of the Lord appeared to him and strengthened him. God's presence. Um, man, you know, I, I, I want to dig in I want another time on my own and maybe with you guys too, you know, what this angel was. But, but whatever it was it, was, it was, it was God's presence, all right? How many times have, has God met you and strengthened you? And being in agony, he was praying very fervently. And his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. When he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow and said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Okay, that's what we got. The first ingredient in our recipe for a prayer life that will empower you and change your life is this prayer of Jesus Christ. His prayer was a prayer of preparation. His prayer was a prayer of preparation. The disciples followed Jesus to Gethsemane to pray. Notice verse 40. When he arrived at the place, the Garden of Gethsemane, on the Mount of Olives, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Jesus was saying, prepare yourself by praying that you will not be overwhelmed by temptation or that temptation would not be successful. Jesus said this to his disciples because he knew that he was about to fight the greatest battle he had faced since coming to the earth as a man. As a man. How severe was this battle? Jesus said in Mark 14, 34, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. The battle was so fierce, so gut-wrenching, that even a perfect human being was nearly unable to survive. There is a medical condition here, and if I say it, I'll butcher it, but it's, it's, it's a real medical condition where blood mixes in with your sweat. It's extreme anguish, and that's what Jesus was feeling. Yet in the horrors of his own battle, Jesus is always the teacher. And his disciples show indifference to him, falling asleep in the middle of praying. 
He is still completely aware of them. So what you have here is a shocking contrast. First, there's this great struggle of Jesus in this huge temptation, and at the very same time, his desire is to give instruction to those he loved. His desire for them is that they would know how to handle their own temptations. Jesus knew what his disciples would go through in this lifetime. Many of these disciples would be crucified just like Jesus. Many of them upside down because they considered it unworthy to be crucified like their Lord. Jesus knew, and he knows, the temptations that you are facing right now, the temptations that you will face in this lifetime, and he is trying to prepare you that those temptations may not conquer you because he is in you is greater than the one in the world. He knows that. Jesus is always compassionate. Jesus is always the teacher, even in the midst of unimaginable conflict that required all of his powers of concentration. His mind is on his disciples. His concern is that they learn to pray with power. You know when you're praying with authority. If your child or your grandchild was on life support, you would pray with authority. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. You would pray in a different way than, than you normally pray. I know it's surprising, but sometimes I shout to God when I'm praying. I know you can't believe that. Listen, there are times when we've battled inside this worship auditorium when I've screamed to the top of my lungs about something. I remember when, uh, I, remember when I got the phone call that Mitch, Pastor Farrell's son, passed away. I came in this office, I came in this worship auditorium And I was screaming. I was screaming. And I was, I was yelling at Satan, man. I mean, I, listen, I was using some words to Satan that I don't use when I preach. But I was like, it's on. It's on. We need to pray with authority in 2016. Listen, if we knew the spiritual warfare that was happening all around us, if you knew how the enemy is trying to work to destroy your marriage, to destroy your kids, you'd probably be terrified. You'd be terrified. And I'm glad that God protects us because he doesn't let us see some things that are going on right now. But we need to pray like we've never prayed before. We need to get on our knees, literally get on our knees. And Jesus is always our example in all things. So in light of this example from Jesus, tonight I want us to talk about some basic and practical steps that will un undoubtedly result 
in our church praying strategically in 2016. We all know that prayer, that talking to God, is essential in deepening our relationship with God. So praying strategically by using a prayer journal will only serve to accelerate your spiritual growth. Praying whatever comes to your mind, whatever you can remember, is like using a flashlight while building and consistently using a prayer journal will make your prayers more like a powerful laser beam. There are, three, there, there are different ways to keep a prayer journal, and I'll talk more about this in the rest of the messages, and Pastor Farrell is going to dig into it more uh, next Thursday, and, uh, and then I'll uh, dig into it uh, the following, following, uh, following Sunday. But uh, just pray for Pastor Farrell as well. Um, pray, that, pray that he can preach um, on Sunday at the, at the Princeton campus. Because um, if he can't, then I'm probably going to have to preach there. And listen, if you're watching Sunday Crowd, I, pro- I know I said last week we're going live preaching. This is just, it doesn't happen very often. So you, you, if you're watching a message, I'll, I'll be back next week. Just want to let you know, I didn't lie to you. Um, there are different ways uh, to keep, keep a prayer journal. But in this message tonight, I want you to understand that by simply writing down your request, your thoughts, your feelings, for the purpose of talking with God about these areas of issues in your life, you will experience an immediate positive impact on the depth of your relationship with God. You're going to notice a difference, a major difference in your intimacy, in your walk with God, if you start doing a prayer journal. So uh, this is a very practical message. Uh, intentionally. The benefits of a prayer journal are, are, there's just far too many to list right here, but I want to give you six brief reasons that I hope will inspire you to start journaling. Number one, a prayer journal helps you track your spiritual health. You'll realize areas where you have experienced growth and this will encourage you and encourage, and encourage and an encourage believer is very hard for the enemy to influence. An encouraged believer is very hard for the enemy to influence. Listen, if the enemy can discourage you, how much can he jack up your day? How, if, if he can discourage you, then he can, um, you know... You just, you just start thinking neg- negatively. You don't focus on God. You focus on your problems, on your situations. Uh, so, so the enemy wants to discourage you. Having a prayer journal will, will encourage you. Because you're using a journal, you'll recognize areas of your life where you seem to be at a standstill. There is little or maybe where there's little or no spiritual growth. This awareness will likely lead you to focus more, uh, more um, lead to focus more prayer in those specific areas. A prayer journal will reveal, reveal areas where you are actually drifting away from God. And this will cause deep concern, hopefully in the believer, and you will press into God more deliberately in your prayers. Um, I've, I, I've been journaling, and um, one of the things it does for me is it holds me accountable. So, like, I write, you know, the dates in my journals, and if I, if I look back and see that it's been a couple weeks since I have been in my prayer journal, 
then I can guarantee you, though, that I'm not very intimate with the Lord. You know, if it's been a month, then I really need to be, really need to be concerned. So it holds me accountable as well. Number two, a prayer journal helps you develop a hearing ear in your conversation with God. Develop a hearing ear in your conversation with God. God loves it when you talk to him. But he deeply desires to talk to you as well. And, and so many of us think that prayer is just what I say to God. I believe that prayer is more listening to God than praying to God. Um, does there, are there times where you just feel like all you're doing is just giving requests to God? You know, you're just like, God, like, okay, you know, I just want to add some more to my list here, you know. And I, I caught myself doing that yesterday, and, um, um, and I, was, I was going to the Princeton campus, and I was wanted to pray about a bunch of things, and I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going gonna, not gonna to focus on those things. And I just had the radio off, and I was just like, God, just talk to me. Just talk to me, whatever, whatever you want to put in my heart. Um, just talk to me. Hey, guys, can we turn on the, uh, the AC on? It's getting a little warm in here. A little warm in here? Okay. Now, listen, when it's getting warm in here, if you're, if you're about a 50-year-old in your 50s and you're a woman, I don't pay much attention to that um, because, you know, menopause and all that stuff. <laughs> but when I start seeing the younger people wave, then I know it's probably getting cold in here. Okay. Uh, number, uh, number two. Oh, yeah, we already talked about number two. Okay. A prayer journal helps you do I'm, I'm totally thrown off right now. I'm going to have a bunch of middle-aged women really mad at me now. But that's okay. <laughs> Because of your prayer journal, you will be more sensitive to his guidance, correction, and encouragement in your life. When you hear God, you write this down in your journal, and the Holy Spirit trains your spiritual ear to know his voice. God wants you to know his voice. And the more in tune you are with his voice, the more you, you spend time in your journal, the more sensitive you will be to his voice. And the more sensitive you'll be to his voice, the more you'll be able to call out the enemy when he's trying to speak to you. Some of you can't, uh, don't have discernment about what, what's the enemy's voice and what's God's voice. And, and, and God wants you to know who is talking to you. Your father wants you to, to know his voice. A prayer journal fuels your faith. One of the most wonderful blessings from God the Father is that he allows us to have a personal relationship with him through his son Jesus. And within that relationship, he actually hears and answers our prayers. John 16, 24, Jesus said to us, Until now you have asked for, you prayed for, nothing in my name. But ask and pray and you will receive so that your joy may be full. God answers prayer. He will answer your prayers. He will answer your prayers. And when he does, he promises that your joy level will go off the charts. Man, when God answers something, doesn't that, doesn't that just fire you up when God answers something? I mean, something that maybe you've been praying for years or decades and God answers it. And man, I mean, that just energizes me. And as you record the answered prayers in your journal and you review them, your faith will grow. Your faith will grow. 
When he acts on your behalf because of your prayer life, you develop a rest and an assurance in him that not only he hears, but he will answer you. So in the middle of tough times and trials, you can use your prayer journal to review recorded victories and rest in the peace and confidence that if he came through once for you, he'll do it again. Last week, we talked about expecting miracles. A prayer journal increases your faith for those miracles. I guarantee you, if you start writing stuff down, you'll see him do greater things. You'll see him do more things. When you remember what God has already done, it gives you confidence to ask for greater things, for his glory. Remember, what are you praying for? And is it just for yourself or is it for glory? Are you praying God to give you a raise at your job? Can I get a witness out there? If you're praying for God to give you a raise just so you can buy a new car, just so whatever it is, but you're not going to use that first and foremost for his kingdom, and it's just for personal, you know, God can shift, he totally can shift that around. When you pray things for his God, God, Give me a race for your glory, and I promise I'll be faithful. Number four, using a prayer journal guarantees an accurate memory. Using a prayer journal guarantees an accurate memory. You will never remember the things you need to or want to pray about but with a prayer journal, you don't have to try to remember it. It's written down for you. Listen, there are three things that are always in my pockets. Want to know what those are? I always got a pen, a piece of paper, and a hanky. <laughs> a pen, a paper, and a hanky. I write stuff down all, it's kind of like a running joke with my, with my leaders and, um, you know, whenever I'm out there and I always, I'm, they always tell me something like, I'll, I'll write down because if I don't write down, I'm not going to remember it. And uh, I know I'm, 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 I'm only 37, so I probably shouldn't have a hanky, but like, I guess I'm an old soul, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I, I use those and, you know, I'm, I'm an emotional guy as well, so, uh, so I always have that as well. Um, as I said earlier, uh, next week, we'll talk about more how to organize your journal, but begin now to create a written prayer list so that you can organize it later. And uh, one of the things that we're going to make available to you next week is we're actually going to have prayer journals that you can buy in the bookstore next week. All right? But you can get them anywhere. I mean, you can get them at Wally World. You can get them at, uh, um, have you seen that new show, Superstore? That's funny, man. That's fun. Yeah, you should be watching that. You're a preacher. Whatever. Um, but you can get them at, I mean, you, you're, you can get them anywhere, you know. And, and, I mean, you can get expensive ones for, like, you know, 20 bucks. You can get pleather ones for, like, eight, you know, whatever. Um, number five, my prayer journal helps me to reflect on and better understand 
what I'm reading in God's Word. I'm assuming that you will mix the reading of God's Word with your prayers. When a person prays without including scriptures, it's like saying to God, I only care about what I'm saying to you. Uh, I have no interest in what you might have to say to me. That's like a diary. You know, a diary is a lot different than a prayer journal. A, a, a prayer journal is, um, man, like, just being real before the Lord. I mean, it is, it, is, it is pouring your heart before the Lord with pen and paper. A prayer journal will help you pray the scriptures and understand the scriptures. Because when you're praying, you're talking to the one who wrote the Bible, and obviously, if you want to understand what the book means, there's nothing better than talking to the author. Number six, I'm more transparent with God when I use a prayer journal. A prayer journal will help us to get real with God. Without a prayer journal, there are topics you may have a tendency to avoid talking to God about because the subject seems a little uncomfortable or, or convicting. Uh, listen, I've been journaling for quite a while now, for over a decade, and um, um, when, I'm, when I'm home with my Lord and my wife and my kids and my grandkids read my journals, it's probably going to make them blush. It's probably going to make them open their mouths and go, whoa. Listen, I am real. I am real in my journals because God is my best friend. He's the lover of my soul. And if I cannot be real with the one who created me, who can I be real with? So get raw and real in your journal. Writing down these difficult topics makes us more likely to begin talking to him about them. And the more that we talk to him, the more he helps us to open up and allow for deep healing that would otherwise go unaddressed. Um, when I uh, was a pastor in New Mexico, the first church I ever pastored, uh, the first church member that I lost really like, had, a, had a big impact on my life. And um, uh, the, the, the widow, uh, she's still alive and, and basically like, you know, like a, like a grandma to me, and, and we still talk on a regular basis. Um, but I remember, you know, he had cancer, and, 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 and he was dying. And, and I remember, like, the, you know, the day he died, he was like, I mean, he was just really incoherent and, um, and just was not talking. And, and um, um, you know, I was by his bedside, and he, and he, um, he, 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 came, he sat up in his bed, and he gave me a hug and then laid back down. And, and then passed away soon after that. It's, it's weird, man. Like, that's happened to me a couple times. Um, and I just praise God that he uses me to let someone know that, that, that it's going to be okay. And, 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 and as long as they believe in Jesus, that, that, they're, that God's going to embrace them and they're, and they're going home. Uh, and so it's been, it's been very impactful for me. <clears throat> but she was really struggling um, in, 
in this grieving process when, when, her, when, her, when her husband died, and I think they were married for like uh, 60 years. It's a long time. And, and, uh, and I really encouraged her to write a journal, and, and she was like, ah, okay, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And, um, and, and, she, and she was doing it on a regular basis, and, um, you know, six months went by, and she, and she said, you know, Pastor, I want to thank you for encouraging me to write a journal because it's been so therapeutic for me. In, in my grieving process, in my mourning process. And uh, when you put pen and paper and you can get raw and real before the Lord, that's powerful. That's powerful. And uh, maybe some of you are going through some grieving right now, and you need to do that. You need to do that. You need to, to just get real uh, before the Lord. Writing it down helps us deal with the pain of bad memories. Um, some of you um, have very deep wounds, that you've experienced. Maybe it was as, it was a, as a child. Maybe it's something you, ex- you went through. Uh, maybe it was, um, you know, uh, an absent parent or, you know, an abusive parent or, um, uh, you know, maybe you lost a sibling, um, whatever, whatever it was, and you're not dealing with it. And, and God wants you to deal with it. And, and one of the ways that you can work through that is, is writing in, in your prayer journal. And, and I guarantee you, um, God wants to heal those wounds. Um, listen, you know, I got scars. Um, I got a scar right here. You can't really see it, but, you know, crack my head open. And, um, and that's, that scar will never, will never go away. It's always going to be there. All right. Um, God wants to heal your wounds. Um, you're, you're, just, you're still going to have scars. All right. But those can can be used to to minister to other people as well and and so let god let god heal your wounds in 2016 all right your scars have a purpose all right god is a loving god Um, he allowed you to go through some things he didn't cause them he allowed them to go through and there's a bigger purpose in that and, and, and the more intimate you get with him, the more you will realize those purposes as well. So I wasn't planning on sharing all that, but um, many of these, dish, these issues are just very deep. And so, and so a prayer journal allows you to bring those issues out of the dark corners of your heart and into Jesus' healing, into Jesus' healing light. Um, now, this is where I've crossed out pastor's conclusion. <laughs> there are, there are um, some things that we as pastors uh, ask you to do that we don't do ourselves. I know you're shocked by that. <laughs> one of the, um, one of the things that I'm glad about this sermon series is that I can tell you that I've been doing it. These uh, 14 journals are all mine that I started to do um, 14 years ago. And I'm going to cry a little bit, but that's all right because I got my hanky. It's all good. I'm going to bring two on Sunday, man. 
So, so I, so I, um, I got all these out today, and, and I just kind of laid them on the steps. And I didn't know, you know, I don't know which one's which and what year's which. And, uh, and, the, and this is the first one I picked up, and I didn't know, like, which, which one it was. And so we're going to read through all these right now. Just kidding. <laughs> Actually, sorry, this was the first one I picked up. All right. um, so this was the first one I picked up. And, and what I did today is, is I read um, the first page of every journal, and I also read the last page of every journal. And um, so this is the very first page I came to. Um, Monday, September 7th, 2009. This begins our new chapter in North Carolina. Thank you for getting us here safely with a big load. We're really not sure what to expect, but we continue to trust you. We received over $1,000 unexpectedly from the people at New Life Bible Fellowship in Dallas, which covered most of our moving expenses. The Sotomayors, um, who was a family at that church that had recently just started coming to that church in Dallas, gave us $500, and we hardly know them. And I totally forgot about this. Their daughter recently lost both of her legs because of diabetes. And she's only in her early 20s. I'm sure they have a lot of medical expenses. It is all just very touching. You know, we had a family that didn't even know us. And their daughter just lost both her legs. And they give us $500 because they believed in us. <laughs> Thank you for our time in Dallas. It was a fast almost four years. And I'm grateful for all the friends, memories, and growth. I pray that we would grow intimately with you, that our photography business would really take off, that I would be able to find my niche down here in ministry. <laughs> I'm glad that I don't have to be embarrassed to grow in front of you because you're my family. We are getting involved with um, Excel Church, a new church plant in Raleigh. We both feel disconnected not having a church body these last three months. You know where I'm at spiritually, where I want to be, and where all my struggles and joys are at. And that church plant, you know, fell through. And so God brought us here. And I, and I just thumbed through this, and I said, and, and it said, um, I, 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 thought I, was, I thought about being a, a hospital chaplain, and, uh, and I actually did a, an internship, and I got accepted to a couple residencies, and um, so I, I, I was really considering it, and then Pastor Farrell called me, uh, or I, 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 was coming, I was coming here, and, um, and, and I was really struggling, um, you know, I was, I, was, uh, I was, we were living with my in-laws, um, you know, I'm, I'm 30. 30, 30 years old, 31 years old. 
I'm married. I, I, I have a child. I have my master's degree. Uh, I'm waiting tables at Ruby Tuesdays. Um, I'm literally picking off flo- food off the floor and, and, and wondering, like, God, is, like, what do you, how do you have for me? And so, so one night um, while I was attending the bridge, um, I, I, I just I, I came to the altar, and I just start, started crying. And, and Pastor Farrell knew me a little bit, and, and, um, and, and he prayed over me, and he said, um, we may have something for you here. We, we may have a job offer for you here. And he didn't even know me. And uh, so I had, I had an opportunity to do, to do this residency, and, 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 then, and then all of a sudden, like all these job offers, my, my, a friend of mine in Dallas wanted me to come back to his church that he started and be his associate. I'm like, oh, man, why didn't you tell me before I left, you know? <laughs> and uh, so, so then Pastor Farrell was like, you know, we, 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 he, the job was offered to me, and, and he said, you know, it's, it's a part-time job. And, and it's at $16,000. And, but I had a residency for like double that. And, 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 I, and I called Pastor Furrow back and I said, I'm in. And I think he was kind of shocked. Because <laughs> he didn't think I had $16,000, man, you know. Um, so my first week, it says, I w- was introduced to the bridge and Whitley Church this past week. And we have felt welcomed and loved several uh, nice small banquets at the end with lots of cake. We like cake around here. Uh, I feel a little overwhelmed with all that needs to be done and all the people I have met. I realize it's all going to take time. Help me to prioritize, learn from past mistakes, but also build on the successes. You have felt silent, God, these last several months, but I know you were leading leading me. I haven't been able to verbally pray much, but have sat a lot of si- sat of sat a lot in silence, and I'm grateful f- grateful that you know what is on my heart. Let the next chapter begin. I stand in awe of how you have orchestrated this all out for me to be where I am at this part of my life, and be back pastoring a church that we enjoy so much. That feeling of excitement hasn't been there for years, and I realize I am a part of something bigger than I can even grasp. You know, I, I, tr- I usually try to, um, I try to, to, to do about one journal a year. And, and I look back from the, the first day. Uh, let, me re- let me read one more out of here. Uh, we, we had one car, and we were, about, we, had a, we were a family of four at that time. And uh, Saturday, April 2nd, 2011, Lord, you continue to bless me. More than we can ever thank you for. Two weeks ago, a couple from the church at the bridge dropped off their 2002 Jeep Liberty with only 83,000 miles on it for us to have. We were speechless, and Sabrina was in tears. It's probably the nicest vehicle we will ever have. (laughs) We need another car, especially with a family of four. I had a feeling you were going to come through in a special way, and um, now that, that Jeep turned out to be a lemon, and we had to sell it, but <laughs> but, but we were able to use it to get the van, now we now drive, so God, God, God knew that, and um, 
and so, uh, all right, there's that. Um, we'll probably be done in 10 minutes, so just let you know. Um, this one, uh, November 10th, 2003. 2003. Um, the first page in here is talking about how um, I got voted in to be the senior pastor at Fairview Church of God in Las Cruces, New Mexico at the age of 25. Senior pastor at 25. Wow. They did not know what they were doing. <laughs> I, I did write in here, though, that they had to vote on it. And it had to be, like, I think I, I, they had low standards. I think it had to be more yeses than noes. <laughs> and there was... And there was, there, was 26, there was 26 people that were there that day and voted, and, and I got 25 votes that said yes. And I, and I, and I was telling God how that one, you know, was to, was to humble me. That one no uh, was, to, was to humble me. Um, there's, there's this one, and uh, look, how, look how thick that sucker is, man. And... Uh, and this is when I was a youth pastor in Dallas, Texas. And when you are a youth pastor, you talk to God a lot. A lot. If Josh Overton was here, he, would, he, he wouldn't just give me an amen. He would, he would be standing up right now. And, um, there's this one that I'm currently working on right now. And um, there's not a whole lot written in it, and it's been for the last three months. And realizing I have four kids now. And, and I can't have, you know, an hour and a half, two hours of devotional time. It's just not realistic anymore. Like, you know, 2004, when it was just me, you know, man, you know, some real good time with the Lord. But, so this is just kind of reality, you know, right here. Um, and uh, this is the last one, I promise. Um, January, um, January 14, 2002, and this is where my journaling began. January 4th, 14th, 2002, I was, a, I, was a, I, I, I lived in San Francisco and um, stepped down from my job there, felt God calling me into ministry. Um, you can imagine that, you know, I cried when I felt that calling. And like, I just like, was like weeping over the phone with my friend who was at that seminary and was telling me to come. And I was like, no, I'm not going, I'm not going. And then I was like, okay, I'm going. And I was like, I couldn't even talk. And, um, and, and so I, I, before I went to seminary, I was, um, I, uh, I, I just felt like I didn't know enough of the Bible. So I spent a couple months, and I, and I, I think in a couple months I read half of the Old Testament in just a couple months. You know, I was just blowing through it, man, because I'm like, I got to know this before I go to seminary. You know, I think I started in, in February of that year. Um, but you know who gave this to me? Um, one of my best friend's moms from my childhood. And she gave it to me. And she will never know how it changed my life. How it changed my life. Um, one of the things that I saw with, with this one, um, 
you know, I usually say that it, 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 I'll try to get one with, done with one every year, but this took me, this was the one that when I first moved here to North Carolina, and it took me 19 months. In, in, in that time, um, Sabrina and I had a miscarriage between um, Graydon and Cash. Um, I was waiting tables. Um, this was a hard one to complete. And, and there was a lot of times when I sat before God and I just, I, was, I, I didn't even know what to say to him. And if you're at that place right now where you don't know what to say to God, it's okay. Just sit before the Lord. Just sit with him. Get on your patio and just sit with the Lord. Play, with, play some worship music. Just sit. And if you can't talk to him, it's okay. Because he will minister to you. He will minister to you in that time. You know, my, my mom called me when I was going through these things, and um, we just, uh, just lost my aunt this past week to cancer. And um, so she was calling me, and, and um, you, know, we're, you know, she was telling me about them, they were going out to California to, to see the family. And, 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 and I was talking to my mom, and, um, and I, was, I was, I just started, I, I was like, Mom, uh, um, you know, Pastor Farrell's sick. I just found out I'm preaching tonight. I can't talk long, but I, I did want to tell you what I'm doing right now, and I was reading through these journals, and man, I, I, just, I just started crying to my mom, you know, because my mom's, mom's special, man, you know? I mean, dads, you know, they, you know, you do crazy stuff with dads, but mamas, you know, mama's heart, buddy, and, um, and so I, I was crying, and I was like, mom, God's been so good to me. He's been so good to me, and even when I forget, I just have to go back, and I have to remember that he's been so good to me, and I guarantee you, like, like, please do this. Please do this, and if you're a man, you're like, man, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, that's for girls, you know? Like, <laughs> seriously, buddy, I'm strong, you know, and I'll do it, you know? Uh, listen, <laughs> listen, other than my Bible, these are precious to me. And, and on my bucket list is to write a book one day. And I believe God's going to use these to help me write a book. Would you buy my book? <laughs> Maybe sell in a bookstore. I'll give a good deal. Good deal. Uh, but prayer journals prepare us for whatever comes, good or bad. Good or bad. And if you don't know Jesus tonight, I want to tell you that God loves you, and he will reveal himself to you. Just ask him, and he will reveal himself to you. Because he is real. He is real. He is so real, I cannot. He is, he is more real than me seeing you right now. He is more real. And, and, and I just ask you to surrender your life to your best friend tonight. To surrender your life to your best friend. You don't know he's your best friend, but he is. And I'm going to have Pastor Matt come up here and... I went a little bit long, but who cares, man? Uh, listen. Uh, we're going to do something uh, that we, we haven't done in a few years. I'm going to have the ushers come down right now. And um, do there, are there post-it notes? You guys have post-it notes? Okay. So Pastor Matt's going to play. Um, that song again about 
God being a good, good father, because he is so good, you, you don't even know how good he is. And some of you are having a hard time right now believing how good he is. And he wants to, he wants to tell you tonight that he is indeed good, whatever you're going through. What we're going to do right now is these ushers are handing a post-it note. I want you to rip one off. And I want you to write a prayer request, if you want, and I want you to put it on these walls when you leave. All right? These, these altars are going to be open. If you want to come, we have, we have people here that want to pray for you. We have any leaders, if you guys can come here in just a moment and just be available to pray. Listen, man, God changed my life at this altar. He changed it. And, and I want this to be a sacred place in 2016. I want, us, I, want some, I want some tears shed here at this altar in 2016. And, and if you don't want to put it on the wall and you want to take it home with you, that's fine. Or you're not sure what to pray for, take it home with you. And, and we're going to dismiss right now. Um, but if you need a Bible, if you need some resources, stop by that back table. If you're a first-time guest, stop by our VIP table. Altars are going to be open. I just encourage you to don't rush out. If you want to be a part of that one for change, drop your money off. Uh, drop, your, drop your change off. The ushers will be there. You just drop it off when you leave. But if, you don't, if you're not in a hurry, I just ask that, that you would just let these words just, just penetrate your heart. And just minister to you, because God wants to minister to you tonight, tonight, so for those of you got to leave, and got kids, and do your thing, for those of you who want to stay, we're here for you, we love you, let me close out in prayer, and then Pastor Matt's going to sing.